Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is the state of the economy. And we're speaking with Alan Matian, Director with LECG. Alan, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Alan, you're an economist, you're a management consultant, you're an investment banker. What do you think of what we saw come down yesterday from Treasury and then how the market reacted to it? Well, I think we have <coughs> an announcement which isn't yet a plan. And I think uh, given the promise that the president made that there would be some clarity, there was huge disappointment at the lack of clarity. So I'm not surprised that we had the kind of reaction we had. Uh, I think we also have, uh, you know, an increasing appreciation of the magnitude of the problem. And I think that also led a number of investors to decide that they wanted to exit uh, investments in uh, the banking sector. What do you think that the Obama administration needs to do? I mean, they're smart people. They can read the tea leaves. They certainly can understand the reaction. What do they have to do to pick themselves up from this stumble? Well, it seems to me that, you know, I, I would work on the assumption, I start from the premise that there is probably no one better informed about the magnitude of, <clears throat> and the intricacy of the problem than Tim Geithner. And there probably, you know, isn't a smarter economist, uh, you know, focused on this issue than Larry Summers. Uh, so the fact that they're not, they were not prepared to, uh, be, uh, more explicit about what the plan is, I think, you know, may, uh, evidence a concern that, uh, where they're going is a place that Congress is not yet ready to follow them. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult, uh, not, I, I think we, what we have basically is an insolvency problem. It is not a liquidity problem. And I, I assume that both Summers and Geithner understand that. Uh, and that means that we are going to have, by whatever name, something that uh, involves significant additional government ownership of the, of the major banks, of the, you know, the major money center banks. So the trend that we're seeing toward investment in the banks, you're really going to see the federal government own significant pieces of these institutions. Well, I think that, you know, I think what they're doing is, you know, what they're, what they're proposing is obviously, the, you know, they're going to go in and, and do these audits. <clears throat> now, the audits, you know, quite properly will focus on the assets on, you know, on the bank books. And there are, you know, a huge amount of toxic assets which are likely in, in and of themselves in a number of cases to render the banks insolvent. In addition to the toxic assets, there are a whole lot of liabilities which have not been properly accounted for, and you know, particularly the credit default swaps. Uh, there are you know a number of institutions which wrote credit default swaps, uh, and which are you know if you like you know short uh, credit default swaps. And to the extent that we have defaults on the underlying assets. Uh, they will be on the hook for very significant sums. Now, Alan, I think we all agree that, that the economy needs strong banks to recover. What do you think that the banks need to regain the strength and, I guess, the the trust that the consumers need to have in them? Well, I think you know. I think there is no question. You have to ring fence the, the toxic assets and the liabilities. Uh, and obviously you can't do that without 
you know, first figuring out exactly what those are. And to some ex- to some extent, uh, the value of the, I mean, first you have to identify what they are, and then you have to try to value them. Uh, it's, you know, very, very difficult to value credit default swaps until there's a default. So there's going to be a degree of uncertainty, and it seems to me you, you know, because of, of that uncertainty, you're going to have an illiquidity problem where you don't have an insolvency problem. So to deal with the illiquidity problem, you've got to get the assets, those toxic assets and, and those uncertain liabilities off the bank's books. Having done that, uh, you know, you, you will, you know, have solved the, the problem of, you know, liquidity, but you won't, you won't have solved the solvency, you know, the, you know, the insolvency problem. So you then have to do something to recapitalize the banks. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, I think that's really what the government is planning to do, except that they're not at this point prepared to say that it's going to result in many of the major money center banks having majority ownership by the government. Now, I think once the government has majority ownership and the balance sheets of the banks have been cleaned up, they will obviously want to privatize them just as soon, as quickly as possible, because the last thing the government wants to do quite rightly is be in the banking business beyond its involvement in the banking business in the form of the Federal Reserve and FDIC. So you think what we're looking at... And Fannie and Freddie. So you're looking at temporary investments, you think, that this is not the U.S. government getting into the banking business permanently? Well, no, I don't. I would not think it would be permanent, but I, I think you know, temporary. But temporary might be, uh, you know, two or three years, and in some instances, it might even be a little bit longer, depending on. Uh, but I would, I would hope that they could be out of the vast majority of uh, their positions within two years, thirty months to the outside. Now, Alan, in the banking industry, trust is just such a fundamental element. You know, the, the the banks rely on consumers trusting that they're informational and their their financial assets are going to be safe. How big of a concept of trust plays into the economy? Does the economy need this sense of trust from the consumers as well? And, and if so, how do we rebuild it? Well, I think, you know, I suppose my sense would not be to focus so much on trust. I think you're right about focusing on trust vis-a-vis the banks. Uh, and, you know, but I think what we want to do with, you know, with this, <laughs> the general citizens and the economy is focus on some degree of uh, price uh, certainty. I mean, I think that what we have at the moment is, you know, a, you know, something, uh, you know, in some in some parts of the country if that resembles panic, and in other parts of the country, you know, something less than panic, but uh, you know, somewhere well on the on the road to dread, that prices will continue to erode. And that's, you know, obviously housing prices is a major part of that, but also, uh, you know, security prices are a, a major concern. We've wiped out a, you know, a huge amount of wealth, something, you know, I would think you know, well in excess of one year's GDP in terms of the price erosion in, you know, the housing market and the securities markets. And that obviously has reverberations you know, throughout, you know, pension plans and, it, we've, you know, increased obligations as a result of decreasing the value of pension plans, the uh, unfunded obligations of states and cities have, have gone up, etc. So I think, 
you know, what we really have to do is to stop price erosion. I think that's that has to be, a, you know, a major focus. And, you know, I think that, you know, how you do that is a, is a very real question. You don't want to have banks lend long at a low interest rate for housing uh, because in future interest rates will rise and you'll, you'll be hanging the banks out to dry. To the extent that you can, you know, that the government can, you know, borrow now at the uh, long term at something in the area of 3%, there may be an argument for lending out, you know, that those long-term borrowings, uh, you know, to uh, the housing sector at, you know, 4 or 4.5%. And that you know that would go some way to uh, reducing to increasing the, the demand for housing and reducing the uh, price erosion in the housing sector. But I think you know one has to recognize that we probably have another uh, 10% or so uh, to go in terms of uh, erosion of housing prices. Uh, we're down around 26% now, and I think by the end of the day we'll be down around you know 35 to 38%. Normally, I would say you're saying by the end of the day, figuratively, but these days that could be literally. <laughs> well, I hope not. And I hope it give us some historic perspective. I mean, we hear from, from the president even that we're in the toughest times now that we've been in since the Great Depression. But it seems to me when people say that, they're forgetting some some pretty serious times that we've had that might not have had the you know the, the marquee name of Great Depression. Give us some perspective on where we are now versus economic downturns we've had historically. Well, we've had some fairly serious economic downturns with, you know, with unemployment rates, you know, well into double digits. But, but the, this is, I think, since the Great Depression, unprecedented in terms of both its impact on liquidity and its impact on the solvency of financial institutions. And I think, you know, there was, uh, you know, there was unprecedented leverage uh, I mean, there has not been the kind of leverage uh, between the you know the 1920s and the you know recent period, let's say, period from 2003 on. Uh, in between, the, you know, the, we had you know with Glass Steagall, uh, there was you know, some, uh, notwithstanding various strategies to avoid the consequences of Glass-Steagall, there were, ser- you know, there, you know the, the leverage that was, you know, available was significantly less than there was in the most recent period. You know, in the most recent period, the, uh, if you took all the special purpose entities and SIVs, etc., cetera, uh, you would probably, you know, most of the, you know, the financial sector probably had leverage, you know, of 30 to 35 to one. That is to say, it had less than three percent uh, invested capital, uh, or you know, just just over three percent of invested capital, and the rest was borrowing. And obviously, if you have you know some asset deflation in that situation, you you get into insolvency very very quickly. We I don't think we've had. Uh, the you know, the extent of insolvency across the financial uh, sector uh, previously. I mean, obviously, we had something 
approaching that in, with the savings and loans in California and Texas back in the you know the 80s, but uh, it didn't compare to what we have now. And there, there, you know, there, you didn't have the, security, the extent of securitization, and you didn't have you know, major financial institutions you know piling into uh, what were really very very risky investments without understanding that they had that kind of risk on their books. Now, you've spoken a little bit about what the economy needs. What are some of the signs you're going to be looking for in the new administration and for signs that the economy is turning around? And I guess I'd ask, what should banking institutions be looking for as well? Well, you know, I think that, you know, I think obviously, you know, we are, we are facing the possibility of very significant further erosion in mortgage-backed uh, securities, both commercial mortgages and uh, residential mortgages. As, as prices decline, we have the negative equity problem, and if people's equity becomes sufficiently negative, they may well walk away uh, from the homes, leaving them, you know, abandoned essentially, and that will cause you know significant additional price erosion. So, you know, one of the things that I'll be looking for is a slowing of the rate of uh, housing price declines. And I'll be certainly monitoring the, the commercial mortgage default rates. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, <clears throat> you know, we're not going to see a turnaround uh, in, you know, in 2009. I would be absolutely delighted if we saw a turnaround by, you know, mid-year 2010. Uh, I think what we have, you know, we've, we've taken a huge amount of wealth out of the system. We're, we're obviously uh, in a you know, period when unemployment is rising at a very rapid rate, uh, and that's going to cause you know further uh, erosion of confidence. And you know, I would think that we're going to have significant erosion of demand uh, for the next you know five to eight quarters. So we've got eight bank CEOs appearing before uh, before Congress today, uh, apparently riding taxis and trains and not taking private planes. <laughs> <laughs> is it uh, is it going to be a long day for these gentlemen? Oh, I would think so. I mean, I would, you know, but I but I think that you know, you know, in a sense, you know, beating them up about compensation is really a sideshow. I mean, it's it's you know, it's, it's important to, that they get the message that you know the public is uh, you know is very very disturbed and it's important they get the message from the Congress that there's no way the Congress is going to appropriate more money for them uh, uh, you know unless they somehow win back some kind some level of public trust uh, but I you know but I think the you know the, the the essential issue you know is really to get the bad assets off the books of the banks and I don't I would not guess that there will be much discussion of that today well said. Alan, I appreciate your time and your insight this morning. It's my pleasure. Take care. We've been talking with Alan Madian. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.